Blog Talk Radio. And welcome back to another episode of NC MMA Radio. This is your host, Tyson Roush. You can follow the show, ncmmaradio.com, on Instagram and Twitter, ncmma underscore radio. And check out our sponsor, Headrush, headrushbrand.com. All kinds of good gear to look at. Check it out. Really cool designs. Definitely give them a look. And this episode, we got a, a great guest, a, a good friend of mine, excellent fighter, also an instructor at Nick Catone, Thai, Thai coach and boxing coach. It's Corey Anderson. Corey, Tyson, what's up, man? What's going on, Tyson? Just chilling, watching these fights. What well, was watching the fight? Yeah, man, oh. those fights are crazy, man. And, and and you got a crazy fight in your hands too at UFC 217. But before we go into that, Corey, something really interesting happened. You had a, the last time we talked, you fought Jimmy Manua, and the result didn't go your way. But the way you handled it, with the just the incredible amount of class and respect and everything else, created reactions all over the place, man. Is that something that you take a lot of pride in where it's like, listen, I lost, but the learning experience, I'm going to get better? I mean, 100%. That's just part of the game. That's definitely a big part of me. I've never been a type to take a loss bad. Um, once you take a loss and you don't own up for it and you can make up all the million excuses in the world, you'll never get better. If I took that loss and said, oh, it's because my coach is this and it's because of this and the ref this and Jimmy this, Jimmy is just so much bigger than me. It just didn't happen. You know, I could have made up any excuse I wanted to. But all you do is go back from home, and you never take ownership, and you really don't feel there's anything you need to work on because, according to you, it was everyone else's fault or all the excuses or the reasons why you lost. But when you can sit there and be a man and actually say, I got beat, and he did better things than me, he did this better than me, he had this in order, and he was ready, blah, blah, blah. And you just go back and you just make sure those are key things that you're working on. The next time you get to the drawing board, you write out the next game plan, you're like, these are the things we must work on. The last fight, he outclassed me this or he outdid this better than me. I need to work on this. Next time that cannot happen, I will not allow that to happen again. And that's the things that make you progress in a sport. If you never own up to anything, you always be pointing the fingers. But the thing is, when you point one finger, it's always three pointing back at yourself. So... That's just the way I look at life. Yeah, and I give you so much credit and so much respect for that, man. Because, like, you know, you know, as you know, we're all fans of you. We're all, you know, we're students of, underneath you. And it's like we saw you, and you had such – it was so classy and so respectful. And it's like everybody at Nick Atones was saying, like, man, like everybody's really proud of you, man. Because it's like you handle it like a man, and then you came out to listen. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to put the time in, I'm, and you're going to see it. And if anybody follows you on social media, dude, you're putting in the work, man. It, it's crazy. So is a work ethic another thing you take a lot of pride in? A hundred percent. I mean, work ethic is something I, I definitely got to give to my father. You know, he was always on me, my brother, my sisters growing up. Like, you can't be lazy, blah, 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 lazy bums. Don't get anywhere in life. This and this and this. You know, anything you do, you got to work 120%. Why? But you might as well give it 200%. Everything you have, just don't take no shortcuts. You know, it's just all these different things my father used to yell at us growing up. 
as kids that, you know, you don't really do nothing as a kid. You just want to play. You know, you want to be a kid. But my father instilled all that into us young. So me being a young adult now at 28, you know, it's other guys at 28, 27, 29, 30 are still, you know, in train. Oh, I don't need to do all that. I don't need to do this, this, and this. I only got to do this today. But my mindset is I need to do everything. I got to get everything in in a short period of time. And that's what 25-8 is about. You know, it's just you're not stopping. I won't be denied. It's all a mindset. 25-8 is a different mindset that most people do not have in this world, especially most people at my age. No, I, I agree, man. I we, we watch you. I see you, Trey, man. It, it's ridiculous. And have you changed anything in, in this training camp as opposed to your, your previous fight camps? Um, the biggest thing I used to do in previous fight camps is I would kind of tailor my camps more towards what my opponent is going to do. You know, what is this guy good at? Okay, I need to make sure I can defend that. Or I need to be ready for this. I need to be ready for that. But after that fight, you know, I went to the locker room and I talked to the coaches and I never forget going back to the hotel and talking to my fiance and I told her, like, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, I would never plan a fight camp around my opponent. From now on, I'm going to go into practice and I'm going to work on everything to make me the best in this martial arts I can. You know, if I do that, I'll be prepared for any fight, anybody at any time, because I'm not really worried about what that person is going to do in the fight. I'm ready to fight anyone. I mean, it's just like going against different sparring people when I travel to spar different guys. I mean, I don't know what the guy I'm sparring is going to be like, but I know I'm prepared enough that I'm ready for any kind of fight that step in the cage, ring, on the mat, whatever the face is. And that's what made picking up a new opponent. And everything happened so much easier for me. You know, the two times they called me, I said, sign it, sign it. Before I even heard the name, sign it. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm ready to sign it. Anybody and everybody is planning to get it in 205. And that's my new mindset. And that's just the way I'm trained. Yeah, and it's going to work out for you because, you know, you mentioned a different opponent, and that actually happened where Patrick Cummings had a staph infection, and it was like, all right, is Corey Anderson going to fight MSG? What's he going to do? And next thing you know, you get OSP, which is a sick fight. How does that change your mindset? When you try to prepare for a guy like Cummings who's, you know, a wrestler, does all kinds of different things, and now you got OSP who's, you know, a bit of a striker and things like that, how does that change your mindset at all? It doesn't. Like I just said, nothing – the whole thing is Kent was for that reason exactly. Like if something was to happen, if he came out and did something complete, if I stay with the fight with Pat Cummins, fight with Pat Cummins, and he came out and changed his game up and didn't even wrestle a one strike, and I sat there prepared for a wrestler, I would have been like a fish out of water. But I went out there and I just worked everything this camp. I worked a lot of wrestling. I worked a lot of striking. I worked a lot of kicks. I worked a lot of jujitsu. I spent time in the boxing gyms. I spent time in. Kickboxing, just working straight kick, kickboxing technique, something I've never done before. You know, just everything. So I fully understand it all and learn how to mold it all into one to be what we are, mixed martial artists. You know, so now I'm in my stance with my hands up a lot higher. My stance is a little more narrower because that's the boxing in me. You know, I'm throwing a lot more kicks now because all the kickboxing classes. You know, I'm taking the shots when the shots are there instead of just going out to wrestle because I'm not just a wrestler anymore. And then when I'm on the ground, I can just I can float around and dominate wherever, on the top or on the bottom. I can get up because I've spent so much time developing every aspect of the game. And every day I walk into the gym, I, just, I tell myself, even when I'm listening to the instructor, I'm thinking about how I'm going to do this new technique. 
the firm thing I say to myself is, all right, remember, we got to be the best in we're going to drill it And we drill it and we drill it And after I drill it, I figure out how can I implement this Into my new way of fighting And that's just being able to do everything Yeah man, and it's definitely going to work out for you man Because like you said, the opponent changed And you're definitely ready Now you mentioned sparring And we see you spar on, you know, on Thursdays and Saturdays And Nick Catones What is your philosophy on sparring? Do you have days for you to do technical sparring Or do you go Hard two three days a week. Like, what's your what's your strategy with that? It used to be like prior to this camp three times a week. I can't miss a day of sparring. I need to go hard all three of them. You know, in the last camp, I remember I was I had got rocked quite a few times in that camp. You know, doing a lot of. I think I did a little glove sparring all three camps because I was going Tuesday morning at Ricardo's and we do little gloves there. And I was driving to Henzo's on Thursdays, and the guys there do little gloves. And I will come back to Nicotone's on Saturday, and it was little gloves. So I never had a chance to do technical big gloves, bar, or anything like that, or just straight kickboxing or boxing. It was all MMA, little gloves, going at it. And I just remember towards the end, there was a lot of times I was getting hit, and some of them, like, I was, I can take a shot and play it off in practice. Sometimes I just hear the ringing multiple times just getting hit over and over with those little gloves that just do damage and it's every week, three times a week. So this time when I came back, I took probably two months off before I even sparred. Then when I came back it was, you know, if I get a sparring in this week, I get sparring in. If I don't, I don't. You know, at first and then when I got a fight, it was all right, I'm gonna do two weeks sparring, space them out as far as I can. It's gonna be one big glove and then one little glove. And the other day, I just do like a movement where we're not really hitting each other. So me and Nick Catone did that once a week, just moving around, seeing the things happen, moving my feet, getting my angles, practicing my level changes, practicing everything I would do in hard sparring. And now that I'm at the end, I think the last three weeks, I'm doing three, two, three. So, or, yeah, I sparred three days, two days, and now I just decided I'm not even going to do three next week. I'm going to do two again. So, you know, just save myself, keep my body ready. For the fight. Yeah, man. And then how important is it to have sparring partners, good sparring partners, but also guys that are the same size as you that can push you and, and deal with your strength? I mean, that's a big part. Of, I mean, I've seen people, like I know a couple guys that are at small gyms and they like my size, but they spar with like 55-pound guys and maybe 70 at the max, but then they get into a fight. You know, some of them dominated for so long, but then they get into a fight where they have somebody their size that can grind or push and put their weight on them, and if they make it out of the first round, the second round, the third round, the text, and they're not used to having to move all that weight, so their body kind of just, not their body, but my mind shuts down because they're not used to having to keep pushing. They swear they had good cardio, but now you got somebody your size or bigger on top of you, and it's just like, man, I ain't never felt this. So it's very important that you are, like, accustomed to that feeling. And for me, I'm blessed to have, my boy, like brothers, Carl Roberson and Rex Harris, like we we went out to Vegas to train together at the PI and went to Extreme Couture. Like, and we just realized, like, we are just as big as every other 85, 205, some of these heavyweights out there. And we always go with each other. We always pushing each other. And now we just gave ourselves the new nickname, the Bash Bros. Like, we, we all three game ready. Any game, any time, any day, we ready to go. We always pushing each other. I mean, we crack each other hard every week, and we stay coming back. But you also got also got those big guys that are 
they can throw heat, but sometimes when they get hit hard, they don't want to come back. So it's always important to have a good group of guys that you can depend on to train with every time you need them. And I have just that. Yeah, and you're also, as a member of the Iron Army with Frankie Edgar and all these guys, Edson Marlin, Eddie Alvarez, what is it like training with these guys, man? From from an outsider looking in, as a, as a student watching you guys, it seems like a very tight-knit group, but it's like everybody is helping each other out. Like, you're done sparring, you're helping whoever it is. And then the next guy, like, Frankie's done sparring, he helps the next guy. Like, what is it being a part of the Iron Army? How's that like for you? It's like having a new family, man. You know, everywhere you go, you got somebody looking out for you. Um, it's just it's, it's a feeling you don't get. In other gyms, you know, you go places and people finish sparring, they usually go about their business. Or they finish sparring, they go hit the bag or they leave or they dicking around. But then you got our team, just like you said, like we take turns using the octagon on Saturday. But once you're done with the octagon, you either sit on the outside of the octagon or standing in the ring coaching the two guys in the next time. If they doing something, helping you out. You're like, if you're on the bottom, yo, you're doing the wrong thing, all right? Make sure you go to the left. You got to shrimp this way. When we're standing, you're dropping that left hand a lot. Keep that left hand up. Move to the right. It's 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 just like having a brother or a sister, somebody growing up that would look out for you. You know, somebody to keep you out of trouble. I mean, that's how it is. They keep us out of danger in the cage and in practice, helping us with the good things. Make sure we're doing the good things over and over, and trying to get rid of the bad things that we're doing. And like Frankie is the general. Everybody address him, like call him general, like we are an actual army. And we just all fall in suit after that. You know, everybody knows nobody is in their pride fighting. We're not in their ego fighting. We have to help each other. Nobody is trying to prove anything that they're better than the next person. It's like everybody in there to grow together because we are only as strong as our weakest link. So if our whole team is strong, hey, we're untouchable together, but we're hard to beat alone. Yeah, and it's it's impressive to watch, man. Like I said, we, we sit there on Saturdays and watch you guys, and it's like it's next man up, but everybody's always rooting each other on. Everybody's always helping, sparring, coaching. It's just crazy to watch. And, and then, you know, we're sitting there, Nicotones, we're training, things like that. And all of a sudden we see Rashad Evans come in. We're like, what's, what, what's Rashad doing here? And all of a sudden Rashad Evans is helping you out, man. How, how does that work for you? I mean, it's just, again, you uh... – so like I say, good things happen to good people. You know, if you keep, if you do good things, good things happen to you. And Rashad came out here for his camp for Sam Alvey. You know, he needed softball. The only softball we have that come around is Carl, and that's like once or twice a week for sparring. But he was out here with the Ricardo Almeida camp. So everything we did, every drilling session we did, we needed somebody to go softball. And, you know, I didn't have a fight coming up, and like I said, we help each other out. So I told Coach, you know what? I do it. I learn softball for him, and every day he was here. If he needed anything, he texted me. I was there. If I told him it was gonna be somewhere training and he was running late, I would always text him to make sure, like, bro, did you get up? Did you forget we got practice. And that right there, when he left, he said, bro, that's just. If I knew you were this good of a dude, I would have been out here a long time ago. Like I've never really had anybody that was able to. If I needed this, he did it. If I needed to be here or he needed to be there at a certain time. No matter what I was doing, I was like, all right, I'll meet you over there. And that paid dividends for me because he texted me after. I was like, yo, your next fight camp, whenever you need me, you just let me know, and I'm there. And I shot him a text. I was like, yo, I'm fighting a wrestler. I need you out here. And he was like, I'm there. I'll be there. Just just trust me. I'm going to be there. 
It took a while. I started to think he wasn't going to show up. But like you said, out of nowhere, <laughs> you see him walking in the door. like, yo, my man, he finally made it. He kept his word. He came out. He helped me. Every day we worked together. And each time the opponent switched, I had two different opponents, one other opponent other than Pat and OSP. And right away, they're on film, texting me this way, sending film, blah, blah, blah. And the next morning, it changed to OSP, and he changed it again. All right, so we need to do this now. You know, and having a guy like him that's a legend, a veteran in the game, former champ. Like I posted a picture, when legends talk, you listen. You don't say anything. You just shake your head yes, take it in, and you try it. And you try it, and you try it. And if it doesn't work for you, okay, that's fine, but at least you tried it. And everything he showed me and taught me so far works beautifully. And I think that's another reason that my game has been up in the last couple of months from working with him. Yeah, like I said, man, we, we watch you guys train. It's just it's just impressive from so many different aspects. And, you know, Corey, you know, you're, you're an instructor at Nicotones. You teach Thai. You teach boxing. Your classes are tough as hell, by the way. But do you have a message for young students as they get involved in this sport? I mean, everybody wants to be the next Corey Anderson or next Frankie Yeager or next Eddie Alvarez. They all want to be a fighter now. Would you have a message for them as they get get involved in this sport? Go to school. Don't be a fighter. <laughs> um, if you're going to be in a fight game, I mean, you just got to put your nose to the grindstone. Be real, willing to get up those early mornings and willing to stay up those late nights. You know, it's nights you don't sleep because you think about it. And, you know, uh, you got to live, breathe and sleep the fight game. You know, people say fight life. A lot of people hashtag fight life, fight life, blah, 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 and they don't really know what it is. But when you want to be like a Frank Yeager, because to this day I'm still working to be like a Frank Yeager, and I still feel like I'm not doing enough to get there daily. It's just if you can't dedicate every ounce of your will, your mind, your heart to want to be the best at this, it's not going to happen. You know, if it's any time you get the option to train or go hang out with friends and you go hang out with friends, you're not on that road to be the next Frank Yeager, you know, because you got to give everything you got every time you can to this because it's not there forever. You get what you can, you get out, you can retire a living legend, or you can dig around, pick to go to practice when you want to go to practice and be forgotten real fast. So give it your all or nothing. That. Yeah, excellent message there, man. Excellent message. And you know, as we wrap things up, obviously UFC 217 in Madison Square Garden. You know, how, how is that for you, man? Like you're just you've accomplished so much already in your young career. Now you're like you're fighting in the garden on all these big stages. How is that for you? Do you still you look back and like, damn, this is pretty cool, or you just keep your eye on the prize? I mean, I always had that moment when I'm going. Uh, I go on Facebook. You know, they got the memories or memories probably three years ago. This. And like a month ago or two months ago, I can't remember, it was, uh, popped up three years ago. I posted this, and it was like goals is to win the next fight and be in the UFC by this time next year. And then, like I believe a week after I made that post, I got the call to the Ultimate Fighter. And, and I just looked in such a fast time. It's like, man, I cannot believe I've done all of this in such a short time. Like I debuted in 2014 in the UFC. Here we are, 2017. I've already had a main event fight. I'm ranked in the top 10. I've, I've been ranked since the first year I got in. I mean, like you said, just so young. And I've only been fighting since 2014 when all these people that's been doing it for 10, 12 years is still just trying to get recognized in the game. It's definitely breathtaking when you think about it that way. 
But for the most part, I don't really dwell on it. You know, people ask me all the time, what is it like? What is it like? And in my head, it's just another day on the job. I mean, I love what I do. I love my life. I love my jobs, not just as a fighter, as coaching and giving back at the gyms, you know, to see I inspire people to want to do what I'm doing. Or I get messages saying, oh, that video or your, your Facebook Live was so inspiring. Thank you so much for that. That's what I set out to do. You know, the fighting part is amazing. I love it. I love traveling the world. I love getting to do the things I do. But when I get messages from fans and people in the gym saying, oh, we look up to you or we respect you or that's just great that you do that, those are the things I look for. Those are the highlights of my Yes, fighting, not fight night is amazing, but nothing feels better for me than the satisfaction of hearing other people say, because of me they did this or that. Yeah, man, I, I, I keep telling you, man, I think at some point you could be a motivational speaker and you'll be very, very good at it because you inspire a lot of people. Corey, as we as we wrap things up, do you have a message for, like, your teammates, your fans, and, and your family? I mean, for my teammates, you know, my teammates and family, it's all the same. I just want to tell you guys I love you all and thank you, every, everybody, for all the advice, help, and everything you've done. And we're going to continue to keep growing. The year isn't over. 2017 is still going to be our year. Uh, and 2018 going to be even better. We're going to continue to push the extra mile and push each other daily. And that's for my fans. I just want to thank you guys for all the love and support and the ups and downs for always being by my side. Um, when the stuff that goes on Instagram and Twitter, all the negative things that come out, my fans and true supporters, they know they continue to support me. And uh, I appreciate that because that stuff goes a long way with me. loyalty, honesty, and, uh, you know, just having a heart. So with that being said, I just want to continue to have you guys on my side. And if you bandwagon jumpers want to jump on over, we still got room. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Corey, thank you, bro. Thank you very much for your time. I know you're wrapping up your camp, and your last thing you probably want to do is talk to me. So thank you for that. And on behalf of Nick and myself, man, best of luck, UFC 217. Definitely cannot wait for this fight. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you man. Have a good weekend. <laughs> all right. That was Corey Anderson, who can share all kinds of insight and all kinds of things. And like I said, he's a phenomenal fighter, also a phenomenal instructor at Nick Catones, and, he, and he's a motivational speaker. You talk to him, and you want to go start hitting pads or training or doing anything. So I want to thank him for his time. You can follow this show, ncmmaradio.com. Also check out our sponsor, Headbrush, headrushbrand.com, and we'll talk to you next time.